it's definitely good to be back for the second um series of this uh or the second episode of this series i'm really excited i'm glad that you were able to to join i know you're doing some traveling right now yeah yeah enjoy beautiful well thank you everyone for tuning in whether you're on live or listening through on the podcast we're happy to have you um do you want to kind of share a little bit about what we're going to chat today and we can get into it sure so today our series is talking about the revolution in ancient futures so embracing africa yo african yoga in an anti-black world and i think that it's perfect mm -hmm. and um for this particular time that we're in not just black history month mm -hmm. but just in the history of ourselves we're also starting off pretty much at the beginning of a new year. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot really to embrace. A lot of people still haven't set their goals. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are still contemplating their wellness journey. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really interesting opportunity to connect the two um, mm -hmm. and to really try something new, right? If yeah. we're seeing some stagnation into our lives, that can mean a whole bunch of different things, but let's start to demystify what wellness really means mm -hmm. and take that to the next level. Yes. let's. Let Jonica talk her talk. <laughs> yes, I love it. So we can, um, because you're on my page, individuals may not know. So can you introduce yourself a little bit so oh, we yeah. can, um, before we get started? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know me, hello, my name is Angie, I'm the founder and CEO of Afro Yoga, a platform um, almost five years old now that's just been really in the work of um, building and creating new wellness spaces, uh, shifting paradigms, revolutionizing the industry, and really just trying to carve out our little space, not our little, carving out the space that we deserve and reclaiming the space that, that we've always sort of inhabited um, as Black folks, as people of color, particularly in the space of wellness and, uh, and yoga. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's beautiful for day two, um, well, for session two, mm -hmm. to really talk about the reclamation mm -hmm. and what that means. Mm -hmm. So let's dive let's in. Let's get into it. I know you're going to give us the business. So I want to <laughs> leave room for you to answer these amazing questions because it's a different spin. And it's honestly one that I haven't seen, which is, you know, how coming back to how we got to this series, me coming in as a new comedic yoga teacher, trying to understand how you niche or niche this particular field for individuals who may be a little apprehensive, who may feel a little like this is unknown, or who have made who may have tried another form of yoga. So when you introduce comedic, it's hold up, what's that? What's comedic? Um, why why does it look like you're doing it different? You know, when we do it different, we're doing too much. Mm. Um, so I don't really know how to approach that or um they try to identify what has been familiar to them so i see a pose mm -hmm. it looks like you're doing downward dog it, it looks like you're doing this and mm -hmm. you never really allow yourself to, to to embrace what's different what's new mm -hmm. and to really really settle into it mm -hmm. as um a new attendee or someone just being introduced to it so me knowing that i haven't been able to teach as many people wanted to come to someone like yourself and we need to sit at the foot of sages. Sometimes we want to go and we want to start a business and we won't go talk to people who've done it well. It doesn't mean that I have to do it like Angie. But if Angie has some knowledge, some wisdom, some guidance, mm -hmm. she can give that to me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and some people might not be open to that. Some people see you as competition. But mm -hmm. when you're aligned in yourself, and I found most people I've spoken to in comedic yoga, 
they have no issue talking to me mm-hmm. and talking to me with authenticity and love and it's genuine mm-hmm. and they know there is space for Jonica, there's space for Angie, there's space for someone else. So I just, I just really appreciate the opportunity and, and the vulnerability that I bring to even having this conversation and saying, I'm new, I want to learn. Um, some people, you know, don't, don't want to admit that they're new or that they need to learn. So I'm just so honored that you've taken this opportunity live with yeah. me to have this discussion. Absolutely. So many people can benefit um, from moments of vulnerability that we can share with others. Um, and there's just so much strength in it, so much wisdom in it, if we're willing to step out. So I'm just, I'm so glad because I know that the questions and the thoughts that you're having are not isolated, that many other people are having them. And so when we, when we can speak it out and share it, it just, it, it provides so much validation and affirmation and empowerment for others. And like, that's what we're here to do, right? That's it. Spread love joy. All right, let's dive in. Let's go. So we started. There are so many styles of yoga. So I'm wondering, how do you introduce comedic yoga in a way that doesn't intimidate or overwhelm mm. other people? How do you how do you slow slow dive into it? You know, um, I find that um, we know that people fear what they don't know. And so the way to remove the fear is by making it something that is known to to educate somebody. So I think for me, one of the biggest things, and, and I know that you already do this um, from what you shared in our first episode, but to just inform, you know, to inform and to educate, I think is huge. Um, as a yoga teacher, I developed a way of teaching that included Um, taking time in the early part of the practice before we get into anything to really explain what the experience might be. Um, And this is all based in the desire to to help somebody start to identify parts of their experience um, as they're going through it. And so in that way, when there's context given, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that she said I might experience this. Or, oh yeah, here goes her talking about this thing that she said in the very beginning, it builds a, it starts to build a familiarity and, mm-hmm. um, and, a set, and a certain level of comfort because you feel like you've really been taken care of and guided. And so I think that um, just educating and, and helping people understand like, hey, you know, um, comedic yoga is a style that is still relatively unknown um it has its roots here we know this because we've seen the postures on the hieroglyphs there are people who have spent decades of research you know studying and working on this and um it may feel similar to some practices that you know some of the postures will be a little bit different um but the hope is that you're open to to the experience you know and i think that when you when you share it with people in that way and really especially as a yoga teacher i think it's incredibly important to always provide the power of that the power of choice or that the choice is always in the power of the other person like that the power of choice is not me as an instructor to tell you what to do or to tell you how to be in this practice or what you should experience or how it should look but that the power of choice is always yours throughout the entire practice and i am just there to to guide um and to give you context for those choices right so um I think that that's also really important because it can be another point of fear if, if people feel like, uh oh, 
I don't know if I'm going to know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm going to be doing it right. I don't know if this is going to feel good. Like, and so when you can kind of put somebody at ease by educating them and, and giving them the power of choice, giving them some things to reference and think about, um, or to be able to point to as they go through the practice can be really, really comforting for people. And you, you set this, the, uh, you starting to build that trust with your student um, because they know that in your class you're you're gonna take care of them because um, it can be a very vulnerable experience right to have a yoga practice um, and so to know that you're gonna be taken care of and that the person instructing you really knows what they're doing and what they're talking about uh, can really help you feel at ease so I think that's one of the ways that we can do that that's awesome when you speak about power mm. how do you define that for a new instructor so i'm going back to session one when you said you hit the pavement running and you were just at the park and it was whoever came and these people kept coming how do you give power how do you share mm. power how do you invoke power in other people who may not understand how powerful yoga is yeah i think that one of the biggest things is to tell them that they have the power to literally let them know, like, um, you know, I, I always will tell people like the practice is here to serve you. You are not here to serve the practice. And so like to really let them know that they are in the position of where they get to decide is one of the ways that you can give people power um, and letting them know, hey, ultimately it's your practice. You decide what you want. Um, I think that that is just really, really huge. And being able to, to, yeah, to just tell people like, Hey, you know, I know you're here and I know that you're looking at me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here to guide you and support you. I got you, you know, but I want you to make the types of decisions as we go through this practice that feel good for you. So you can indicate certain things like nothing should feel like a sharp pain, but you know, there's going to be times in the practice that'll feel a little bit challenging you know, giving people cute, like clues as to when it might be important for them to use that power of choice, mm -hmm. um, you know, offering modifications and things like that. I think just understanding also like who is in front of you and what might, what may be their concerns. So if I know that I'm in a room full of people of color who very likely are newer to the practice or getting familiar with the practice, I know that they may be thinking, okay, I don't look like what they say it looks like i'm not flexible i haven't worked out in a while um i am not good at being still um you know i have a ton of stress i don't i have you know i don't always feel safe in, in spaces so if we understand how people are showing up to our space then we can speak to the things that make them feel at ease and empowered so i can say hey i know it looks different when you when you see the ads on you know wherever but it doesn't need to look like that your how your body moves and how your body looks in these poses is going to look different from the person next to you and that's that's great um you're your own person right yeah. um all it is is really just breathing and moving that's all we're doing here you know yeah and so i think that as you start to break those things down you create the safe space by speaking to the things to the elephants in the room yes. by speaking to the things yes. that they're already concerned about and when you can kind of get ahead of it and alleviate their concerns early by speaking to them um mm -hmm. it 
it diffuses and it and it re releases resistance because like yeah okay she's hearing me she, like she knows what i'm experiencing so she okay she's got me she gets it she understands i trust her to guide me okay yes. cool and and she's telling me like make the choices that feel good for me and to reiterate that throughout the practice hey at any time you can always choose to rest you know okay. um if you don't want to go through this next uh if you know if you just need a moment to let it settle you can stay right here or you can join me in this next round of movement um so setting the stage alleviating any any fears or any resistance that might be there initially and then reminding people throughout the practice that you have you have a choice you have a choice you can change your mind um i think is really 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 empowering i think that's such thoughtfulness because you can go to a doctor and you don't get all of that right it's kind of <laughs> like you're shuffled through but it feels very intimate in the way that you present it because we do know right mm -hmm. we've been through it if you stay centered and what your practice has been like for yourself, you know what the movements feel like, you know um, the apprehensions that you have. And it's so beautiful to then share that with other people, not countered as a barrier, but to create a safe zone of mm -hmm. I've been there mm -hmm. and, and to show that level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. But yes, I think now yoga <laughs> has this sense of um, ther therapy mm -hmm. and um, Therapy has many different forms, so we're not going to go down there just yet because <laughs> I know we're going to get into that next week. Um, the next question, and during this, if you know anyone who's joining us live, if you have any questions, by all means, please put them in and we'll add them. Yes. So last uh, last week, we asked how you came to practice African and Kemetic yoga, mm -hmm. and how would you define again African Kemetic yoga mm -hmm. and how you present this as a global mm. brand to the world? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Jonica just has the, the best questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just put that out there. Um, I really think that one of the main distinctions, there are two specific things that come to mind as far as when we say African yoga. Well, a few things, but um, the first is the, the direct tie to ancestral wisdom, right? Um, especially for those of us who are Black folks, um, which is why this practice is so, 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 um, I think, key for us in the process of reclamation. Um, because starting with just like, oh, yoga has African roots and I, okay, I belong here. Like, I, this is part of my, 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 my lineage, right? And my history. And my legacy okay well what else might be also a part of my lineage and my history and yeah. like right in these wellness practices so i think it, it can be an, a gateway into a greater wellness experience for those who may have thought practices like yoga were not for them and then to discover okay there's african roots here my ancestors were about this life um what else might there be so i think that that it, it it presents sort of this really uh, this open door into potentially a whole new understanding of not only wellness, but of self. Um, uh, so the ancestral roots are so there. And then when we look at, you know, um, 
when we look at comedic spirituality and we look at these deities um, and these deities that are in these different postures that we practice, which is another point of difference with, with Indian yoga in that comedic postures are very uniquely comedic that are not seen in India. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, in these postures, there are certain deities, um, certain concepts that are represented in, uh, in that posture. And so to then look at, well, what is the significance of this concept, of this principle yeah. of air, or this principle of earth, or this principle of immortality, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are embodying um, the postures and, in a sense, embodying the principle, which yes. is connected to like all things universal, all, you know, the elements of the earth that we experience and live in. And so it's so in and of itself, like that, that element of union, right? Uh, that is what yoga means. Um, mm -hmm. Such a fusion and a blend of, of the sort of spiritual um, elements and concepts and the physical embodied practice. Um, so those are things that I just really value and appreciate about this style of yoga that is rooted in Africa is, and, and more specifically in ancient Kemet, that was one of the most advanced civilizations that has ever existed um, over thousands of years. You know, this country, America is 400 years old, right? Or so we're talking about civilizations that were thousands of years. And so um, to me, that's just very special. It feels like that there is a sort of magic, uh, you know, sprinkled in there that we still don't even fully know what it is, but that there's like yeah. an intangible experience of it when we feel it. Um, and the symbols of the pyramid and, you know, nothing was done without intention. Um, yeah. right. And so I think that there's even more meaning and more depth, um, than we, than we may think as we embody these mm -hmm. postures. Um, because again, so much of, of this knowledge was probably burned, stolen, who knows yes. what, right? Um, but to be able to have some reference, thanks to, you know, the founders like Dr. Asar Hapi and Yersair, who've done so much research, sorry, who've done so much research, um, Okay, I'm back. I just wanted to hit that do not disturb so we can stay focused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that is something that is so special and gives us sort of a very direct link to understanding not only, um, you know, principles of breath and movement, but like deeper, mm -hmm. deeper spiritual and element, yes. uh, elemental type of concepts about the world that we live in. And how do we come into harmony and union with that which is around us? So, um, you know, I think about um, Ma'at and and the the representation of like that everything has an order to it. Yeah. You know that the underlying the way it was explained to me in my teacher training is like that the underlying principle of everything in the universe is order. And Balance, yes. yes, there is order. There are steps. There is an order to the movement. There is an order to the breath. There, there can be order in our lives. And so I'm also just super big on um, taking what we learn on the mat and taking it off the mat. Um, 
and we can really see some transformations as we start to experience the discipline of a practice and you know the embodiment of these postures and these principles and these mm -hmm. concepts and to meditate upon those things and to see really the alchemical experience right of like coming yes. into a practice one way and coming out a different way and really having just breathed and moved our body um and to realize that we have the power to transform and to shift our energy with those things which are free yes. <laughs> um, Angie, yeah how, how do you knowing all of this because I, I how long did you say you've been practicing and teaching kinetic yoga um com teaching since 2020 practicing maybe since a year before so a couple years okay. How does this come together? Because we talked a lot in session one about purpose, right? And clarity. Mm -hmm. it, 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 basically, the foundation is there. If you look at it, uh, our ancestors were very intentional in writing a guide. And no matter how much it was lost, there's still a lot that was put together uh, by Asar Happy and many others. Um, I'll also count. Dr. Marada Ashby as well in there mm -hmm. and you saw tap. So yes. we have greatness and scholars who have recreated um the yoga experience for us. For Angie, mm. who's much younger than um our historians, our researchers mm. who put this together, what does this mean mm. today with you creating your brand? and mm. you really reintroducing because as mentioned on session one you can type in comedic yoga and you will see very few people mm -hmm. um doing it and showing but if you put in yoga oh my god right my great instagram right <laughs> so what does it mean to um have this global brand of afro yoga and mm. share it with the world and, and how does angie define the importance mm -hmm. of that yeah I mean, I think it, thank you for that question so much. That's so great. And I'm looking forward to answering it. Um, so similar to, you know, the topic here of revolution um, in this discussion and the um, the concept of African yoga in, a, in an anti-Black world, because it is. Um, there's still so much to combat <laughs> and so much to come up against, you know, in all over the world as a black, as a, as a black person. Um, for me, uh, Afro yoga is a, um, a service to the people. It's a revolutionary stance. It is a movement above all. Um, but yeah, it feels like a firm, stance <laughs> like you know i'm here you know and um <laughs> just realizing from so early on how important this was for others by just seeing their reaction and their response um made it that much more important for me um and that much more of a responsibility for me to ensure that I was giving out proper information, that I was empowering other people with this knowledge, that I was providing opportunities to experience it in a high value, high quality way. Like I always joke and say, like, this isn't the rec center, like old, old, old carpet smell, 
you know, we just need a space to do it type of yoga. This is a insane intentionality, right? Yes, it is. It is. It is an insane level of intentionality um, and curation of experience because I think we really deserve to experience um, environments and places that elevate us and that make us feel good. And I just, I'm just a snob for luxury. Like I'm the bougie friend, you know, but I'm still down to earth. So if I'm the bougie friend and this is how I live, like when I create yoga experiences, I want to share a piece of that with other people. Um, but going back to just like what it means for, for the brand and for the people, I, to me, Afro yoga is for the people. Um, and I am sort of a steward, um, to the people. Like, I feel like I hold a position that requires um, my me to be protective and me to be, uh, I've always been so protective of the Afro yoga community and being careful about the brands that I work with and being careful about the message and the content and the things that I say, being careful about the spaces that I take them to and what I expose them to and who I recommend and all of those things I pay attention to because I want to make sure that it's a positive, safe, empowering experience. And that comes to me above everything else, above money, above business strategy, whatever, whatever. The strategy is to take care of people and to provide high value experiences. Um, And it's developed such a beautiful back and forth relationship because my people trust me because of that. And so it benefits me business-wise because I've built trust and loyalty based on like real care and giving a fuck, right? And like actually being like super devoted. So, um, and I know we'll talk about business stuff more in episode four, so I'm not going to, you know, give too much preview, (laughs) but for me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a stance. Um, It's a revolutionary stance. It's a disruption to the status quo and to the industry um, that says, no, no, we've always been here. <laughs> no, no, we've ac- we actually run this. Um, you know, no, no, you're not going to package this and resell it to me and then make me feel like I don't even belong here. Um, no, no, you're not going to ignore me. Um, you know, no, no, you're not going to make me feel like I don't deserve this or that that this mm-hmm. is some type of experience that's inaccessible to me you will not do those things to me and so afro yoga is the anti all of that it's the anti status quo it's the anti um exclusionary whiteness it's the anti um you know it's the anti (laughs) it's the revolutionary stance period and i think that people really resonate because everybody kind of wants that one person that'll say and do the things that they're afraid to to say and do yeah um yeah and we can get behind that right like okay yeah. they gonna do the heavy lifting cool mm-hmm. i'm still gonna benefit great so i'm i've always been happy to do the heavy lifting and happy to trailblaze and happy to chart paths that weren't charted because i really believe in the vision and because i really believe in where we're going and because i know that we need to get there and that we need trusted leaders to take us. And um, and I, I, I wanted to be that person. I signed up for that. And I just, I couldn't be happier because I trust myself with my work and with the integrity of it um, to ensure that other people have a high value, high quality experience that's empowering for them. 
and I've seen the way that it's transformed people, okay. um, their lives, their perception, their experience of wellness, the way that they step into a space, um, especially for my yoga teachers that I teach, you know, uh, and that I empower around business. It's a whole different way that they step into the world with that, with that empowerment and that awareness. So I hope that that answered the question. <laughs> it did. It did. I mean, it laid out and we got a couple of comments too from, um, live participants. So shout out to the answer, um, going into this anti let's die. <laughs> How do we embrace African yoga in an anti-Black world and wellness and fitness space where, and, and I'll, I want to come at it from a perspective of social media, mm. right? We, we base, you know, where to visit, where to travel on what came up in our feed and, um, yeah. You know, I, I found out about, you know, hypothetically, I found out about yoga. I clicked on a couple of different things. And uh, it's almost like even with social media and the accessibility and the inclusion options, right? Because you can only include those who decide to, you know, also come into the room as well. Sure. But if I click on yoga or if I click on comedic yoga and I don't see people who look like me mm -hmm. doing the movements, mm -hmm. right? If if it looks like everyone's skinny and I'm not necessarily skinny, you know, and I don't know your journey to get skinny and I'm thinking, is this for me? You know, so we, we allow our optics to, um, in a sense, stunt, limit, thwart, present barriers. Um, and, and rightfully so based on heritage, but how do we embrace what seems to be anti-black in this fitness and wellness space and and it could not just be yoga it could be anything it could be eating well right mm. that we may not know about or we may have forgotten that our ancestors lived off agriculture but somehow we started just eating meat and that's all we eat <laughs> you know how, how do you in a way that we redefine mm -hmm. re or or as you mentioned earlier cultivate mm -hmm. a new way of being yeah. in this space to save ourselves. Yeah, uh, I think that's so powerful and such a such a, a real observation, right? Of like how what we see can dictate so much of what we do. Um, and so I think you, you have to be willing to put in a little bit of work, <laughs> quite frankly, like I'm a researcher. So for me, I love learning information and I, I like finding out about new things and so on. So I think that for the person that just looks at the yoga hashtag and sees not themselves, um, diving a little bit deeper. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think I think the ultimate question is like, you are the, the ultimate answer that I'm getting to is that you have to find your people. Yeah. You have to find your people and you have to put yourself out there sometimes to find your people. So sometimes that can look like um, looking up a meetup group and seeing if there's like a black meditation mm -hmm. group, or mm -hmm. maybe it looks like hopping on Eventbrite and seeing if there's anything that looks somewhat wellness oriented that's led by people of color or black folks. It can be asking a friend um, as, we're, as we're sort of looking at things outside of social media, right? Like I think that yeah. we forget that there's so much value on the ground in the places that we live. Yeah. Um, and to kind of seek those things out. Um, 
asking friends for recommendations of people that they follow on social. I mean, I, I definitely, from when I started in five years ago to now, the amount of black yoga teachers and, and teachers of color that are out there now is, you know, tremendous in comparison to what it was when I was starting. So there's, there's so much more of it out there now. I don't think it's as hard to find. Um, but I realize that we're still really overcoming a lot of, like you said, those visual barriers of what we see and what we think um, based on that. And social media does have a large role on that. So we have to be intentional about who we follow. Um, what, like, you can either use social media or it can use you. <laughs> like, period, point blank. And so being intentional about what you would like to experience. How do I want to feel when I come to my feed? Like what kind of people or what kind of accounts would feed into that and help me cultivate that? Like help yourself, yeah. help yourself. You know what I mean? And find wow. people. <laughs> <laughs> help yourself, help yourself. Um, and find your people, you know, it can be really easy to get into, um, just to stay in a comfort zone. And I think especially for people who, and black folks who yoga and wellness and these practices may be really new, there could be nobody around you that um, understands this. Absolutely. Or, you know, if we talk about like old black folks with church stuff and they may be thinking I that you- I wasn't gonna go there, Angie. <laughs> you know, we gonna have to, we have to touch it. We have to address it. Dude, I can't yes. tell you how many people, Latin people as well, who will say, oh, they, this, somebody grandma said they worshiping the devil or doing some crazy yes. anti-religious shit. And that's not what it is. And so, mm -hmm. but for a person, I'm thinking of the person that doesn't have anybody in their life that is into wellness or moving yes. in that direction or trying to cultivate mm -hmm. or trying to uh, actively pursue healing or the first one in their family that's going to therapy or their first one who's exploring plant-based eating and mm. having to explain at Thanksgiving and getting the snide remarks, right? And all those things. Mm. So I think for that person, it's especially important to find someone, even just one person, whether it's on social media, in real life, to start to have the encouragement and to know, no, I'm not crazy. I'm not out of my mind for like wanting something different than what everybody else in my family yeah. is doing. Um, and that also can be painful and may look like the cutoff of certain relationships, which is also yeah. really challenging. It is, it's that shedding process, right? Of like transformation. Mm -hmm. You can't stay in the same skin when you transform. Like that's just Ooh. not Very a true. thing. Very true. You know, um, snakes shed their skin every so often, you know, and they yes, literally they will shed a, an, their entire skin. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I can't imagine that that's not painful or uncomfortable for them, you know, but it is a requirement for them to come into this new version of themselves. So finding your people in whatever way that looks. And, and I always love to talk about low hanging fruit. So like, what is the easiest step? So maybe it starts with the podcast right? Um, and starting to open up your mind to a whole different type of way of speaking, right? Um, a whole different language. And maybe then it goes to, okay, I saw that somebody's doing something in the park or they're having this, this workshop. Let me go see what that's about, whether it's virtual 
or otherwise. Or let me look at not just yoga, let me look at like people of color yoga, or let me try to find some other hashtag that might be a little more specific, right? Um, and start to then make more intentional choices about what and who we surround ourselves with. Um, yes. To again, help ourselves help ourselves because if we can put mm -hmm. ourselves in an, in an environment, and I love this, my one, a person on my team, his name is Bryant. He always says like, putting people in positions to win is his thing. And so if we can put ourselves in a position to win, um, mm -hmm. Not that there won't be challenges or obstacles, but we are in an environment that is conducive to the growth that we are looking for. And if we are not in that environment, you know, um, it's going to be harder to grow, you know, and more challenging. So we have to find our people, the people that are looking for the things that we are looking for and the people who are already like far beyond what we're what we're doing so that we can be stretched. Um, so that's. That's that would be my advice. I love it. There was so much power giving in that as well. And I um, really appreciated the different opportunities of research because we may see researchers opening up the, the Internet and, you know, finding a book or, or, you know, going to some retailer and finding a book. But it can be so much more than that. And I love the kindred connections that can start with people who are central and connected to you to, to slowly, you know, ask these questions, to slowly be vulnerable um, to sharing. But I remember this year being my first year um, not eating many of the foods during the holidays. And fortunately, I'm in the DMV area. Um, a friend has told me about Everlasting Life and I finally made it over there and it was absolutely amazing. But mm. being there, being my first time, I did feel a little intimidated, but mm. they were so kind. Is it like a plant-based restaurant or? It's a completely vegan restaurant, yes, and they have a number of different events. So it's, it's kind of a one-stop shop, but it's a very loving community. Mm. And they happen to be opened on December 25th. Um, so I went and, and got my nice fresh meal and I loved everything about it. And, you know, my family is like looking over my shoulders, what you eat and because everything my mother cooked, I was like, mom, like I already told you I can't eat till, till now. I'm feeling like, mm -hmm. you know, on one accord, you got to help yourself, help yourself. I cannot shoulder the guilt of you cooking something when I've already told you I don't eat right. that way anymore. Right. So it's it's not the guilt that you used to feel when your mom cooks and you're like, you know, oh gosh, you cannot not eat it. Um, but but it was ownership and mm -hmm. it was very powerful. Mm -hmm. But it took a long time to get here. You know, this and I think about my experience with yoga, meditation. I was moving along this path for a very long time before I even realized it. Mm -hmm. Not even dabbling intentionally, but there was something calling my spirit. So when it came, I instantly knew, but it still took some time to shift, to shift my eating, mm -hmm. to shift my thinking, mm -hmm. to shift my ownership of power mm. um, and how I share that with other people and, and really finding ways to not over um how I even speak. Cause you can lose people, you know, you get too yes. revolutionary. It's like Black Lives Matter or, you know, uh, Marcus Garvey. Like, they start associating you with all types of things. Yes. It's like, I love the snake analogy because in um, Commission philosophy, we a snake is not a negative, right? right? So um, it's, you know, 
put out in, in other atmospheres to be mindful of the snake. Um, but the, the snake is out to protect themselves too and they have a purpose mm -hmm. and their purpose is not of evil that, mm -hmm. that wasn't why we were born and it's definitely one of the um mm. the cobra is one of the poses that we do and it is such a beneficial pose mm -hmm. to our life mm -hmm. like you're talking about spinal connection you're talking about breath you're talking about your shoulders um and you're also talking about your legs as well. So strengthening really every part of your body when you do the cobra. Yes. And when you look at animals so differently, you see kindred connections to them. Mm -hmm. that they're not what we've been made to believe. So I just appreciate the, the reminder to find your people is so essential to really helping you um, navigate. You're still on your own. Life is still yourself. You still have to my eye for yourself but finding those people help to be pillars yes for you um yes. when when we get because we, we still are very human that's right um, in this very spiritual world but our humanness we can find our pillars and, and they can stand us up they can hold us up they can you know encourage us in amazing amazing ways so i love the meetup i love you know hashtag searching for very um, specific mm -hmm. opportunities mm -hmm. that help you help yourself yes and and to dive deeper because mm -hmm. research is it doesn't have to be a long book it can be a conversation like what we're doing that can lead me down a niche path that's just perfect for me at this time that's right i love it you okay, said it all you. i have yeah, nothing to add wellness space how do we write a, narr a narrative that not only welcomes us within the global world but also historically and hmm, historically values and centers us within this space because i it's kind of the thought the the premise is sometimes we don't want to bring Africanism mm -hmm. at all, right? It's this conversation of am I African? Am I African American? Am I black? Am I Caribbean? Um, I'm in the Caribbean right now, and it's a dichotomy of you know I represent my country first, mm -hmm. right? So it's not necessarily black, Hispanic, any of that. It's I'm this country, right? This this is my flag. And then I'm this country, right? And it's it's not black, it's not Hispanic, it's not Caucasian, it's it's just country, mm -hmm. um, no, um, people, and then your country. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here mm. thinking within the wellness space, hmm. how do we, even if it's not commission, how do we show up as people who are proud mm. to be melanated? Right, because let's take out black. You got color. Right. How do you show up and be proud of being melanated? Because we're not a minority. Yeah. Even though that's what they would have us believe, right. as people of people of color are not a minority. You put all this together, we are not a minority. How do we reshape, recenter, mm. reengage this space mm. as people of color? How do we take back? Mm. what's ours mm. and, and make it colorful it doesn't have to look like mainstream mm -hmm. how do how do we do that in the in the wellness space that's a big question um 
because it goes so far beyond like our experience. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say in the realm of your, even of your global brand, you talked about being revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Your shift from vinyasa to comedic, Mm. was you taking yoga black? (laughs) Come on. Come on, Jataka. Yes. Take yoga so, black. And, and that's, that's what my teacher always says. That. So uh, shout out to Netter Up. But he's like, how do we take yoga black? So mm-hmm. with your revolutionary movement, in a way, you try to do that. And, and not a way that excludes anyone. Correct. It's more of creating a space that says, we're here. Everybody else, y'all welcome. Right. We're here. Right. First. Right. How, how, do you, how do you do that? Um... I think that you have to have a why. You have to have a reason why. Um, And when you're clear on what that reason is, everything else becomes really easy. Um, So I think that that is like the first piece of inquiry. And like in my mentorship program, the very first module is around clarity where we start to get clear on like, okay, I literally asked them the question when this type of person walks into the, describe the type of person that makes you elated when they walk into the door. If you're teaching a class, who is it that walks to that door that makes you feel alive? Is it a senior citizen? Is it like a young kid with their mom? Is it like somebody has, who has a limited uh, mobility? Um, You know, is it a family? Like, who are you here for? Um, who lights you up? So I think for for me personally, um, you know, Black women have, of course, been a focus, but just Black Americans in general, I think, because we have, we have um, some additional barriers that I think that people in other, Black folks in other countries don't necessarily have. Like the patriotism of being a Jamaican or a Haitian or mm-hmm. this, like it is very fucking real and very palatable, right? <laughs> like they they have their culture and they they also know like Jamaicans with the Rastafarian movement are very clear on their or on their African origins, right? Like ultimately we all know if you are black and existing on this planet, your origin is African, no matter where you are in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um and so that is the the like the great division, right? In the sense of like, that is what connects us all. Um, and so there are there are those connecting points around music, around uh, sharing food, around um, communal experiences, around gathering, um, around, you know, laughter and talk and story. And so, I think that those things, um, when we can realize them, make the world much smaller uh, because we're not going into a Caribbean country or to an African country or just experiencing Black people abroad somewhere and seeing ourselves as separate. We are seeing the things that actually unite us and make us the same. Um, and like, you know, the Netflix series High on the Hog did an amazing job of, of that, of sharing like here's food in Africa, here's food in the US, here are traditions here, here are traditions there. And very clearly um, showing that connection and what has caused so much havoc and anti-Blackness has been division, right? And that is 
that is the colonial the colonialisms that is colonialisms and the colonizers tool and it always has been and it always will be is division um and so um to understand those roots and and the connection to those roots because you could be the branch like the the branch way far up at the top and hanging out and you are like you're not recognizing you're still part of the tree we're all branches of the same tree so i think that we can all become empowered when we realize that our roots are the same yes. and that that is the source of of who we are and yeah every branch looks a little bit different right every branch has maybe more or less leaves more or less additional branches some may be thicker some may be thinner right but they're all of the same tree um and so we have to there's a native american proverb that says no no branch is stupid enough to fight amongst itself like no branches are, are stupid enough to fight amongst themselves because they they realize we're part of the same tree like why are we why are we yeah, fight each other to, to cut myself would, would kill myself exactly yes. exactly mm -hmm. and so i think that going back to the roots um i think it can be really powerful in practical ways i think it can be really powerful to look into your own lineage um, I know for a lot of us that is cut off at a certain point, like we don't have any additional trace, but to know, um, you know, what you can know about your, your grandmothers and your great grandmothers and your great great grandmothers and grandfathers, like what can you find out about your personal lineage and history and sit down with your folks and talk about them and let them tell you stories and like what they ate and what they did and what were their traditions can be very empowering. Um, to watch films, documentaries, um, things that can give you insight. Again, going back to research, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's the process of like greater research, yes, of like what happened in general, but like self-reflection and introspection and like a journey inwards as well. So um, the external things can, can be of help to build up our internal sense of self and connection because we don't need to be looking all the time outside of ourselves to confirm and validate who we are but they can be a step in the direction of like okay i identify with this okay yes this makes sense okay i already do this oh and then now all of a sudden you feel grounded in something and when we are grounded in something and grounded in a, in a knowledge and an understanding, it empowers us. It, it, it allows us to, to walk forward and to stand differently. So um, no matter where you go in the world, you can connect with people that you've never met because at the root, you realize that, and this is true for humanity as well, not just for black folks, but at the root, we all yes. laugh, cry, shit, eat, you know, sleep. <laughs> right like we all got to do those things it's, it's, it's at the bottom line we all and so we're so much more alike than we are different and i think especially yes. for for black folks all over the world if we can recognize and realize that um it won't be as you'll feel at home right wherever you go because you can see yourself in other people um so i think that it just it begins with 
with edu education. Once again, it begins with knowledge of self and having knowledge be a source of empowerment. Um, yes. So I know that we are actually at time pretty much. We are at time. And, and this actually gets to one of my last questions. And that was literally the resources and the books that helped um, or can help with reclamation. And I think you did mention a lot from the meetup, finding your, finding your spaces, finding your people, um, but also watching documentaries to get a better understanding. I think it goes back to humanity, the roots, right? How did we get started? And if you, if people even took an opportunity to look at Kemet, right? To look at Egypt. Um, I know it's been shaped in many different ways, but if you took an opportunity really to look at the beauty, the history, yeah. the civilization, yeah. even if you wanted to look at Mayan civilization, um, they're, they're very um, advanced civilizations that really yeah. put a discord in what we see and what we're taught as mainstream or right or correct um, or most important um, and I think that can really open gateways and portals. And yeah, so I, I, I even heard one more theme that I wanted to um, outline, and that was you as a gatekeeper. Mm. You really take your role as a gatekeeper, important because you recognize how limited and narrow this road is mm -hmm. for um, Kameshan yoga, Egyptian yoga, African yoga. And as you bring people along, you're very intentional, but at the same time, you're also widening that tree mm -hmm. and you're creating other branches and yeah. you're allowing for the flourishing of the soil because you're planting knowledge seeds nuggets of wisdom um, that really encourage other people to say what is this and what mm -hmm. does this mean and i and i have to end with the lineage it's so beautiful the kindred connections to talk to other people because we don't talk to our families and i know that's probably historical thing talking about divide and things of hurt and trauma right. how do we get them out right if we don't talk or ask that question that we've always wanted to ask and I think our parents are a little bit more open because of society and the way things are to, mm -hmm. to have a different conversation mm -hmm. but they might have always been asking or waiting for that question but if we don't ask we'll never get the the answer yeah um, we did have one question yeah um, outside of theft, Sima Pout, Netaru system of postures and their order, how did you find a comedic yoga flow past this where you incorporate these postures into an alternative sequence? I think this was kind of asked last week as well. How mm. did you come up with this sequence? Um, did you want to touch on that a little bit today? Yeah, we can touch on it. Um, the comedic in the sense of like how Bikram is, is very like is orderly, right? One posture comes after the next. So there's not, my perspective is that there's not a ton of wiggle room in certain sequences, um, but I do pair different sequences together. Um, a very classic sequence that I teach will be like a comedic sun salutation and come, uh, closing with a, um, like coming up and doing selket and then closing out with a pose of immortality. And, and then that'll be the flow. Or I will, um, you know, it could be a ma'atka sequence into a Tekken. Um, and when you're looking at standing postures, right? So I think about transitions of, of those sequences. Like, is does this sequence end in standing? Does this sequence, does this sequence end sitting or kneeling? Um, what would be an easy transition into another sequence that could make sense? Um, and then there are, you know, I, I have taught comedic restorative where I only teach 
comedic postures or comedic flows that are on the ground. Um, so there ha there is some room for creativity and you do have to get creative a little bit with how you put things together. But I think that there are possibilities there. Um, but also like, it's kind of that thing of honoring the sacred, right? But also, um, you know, infusing a little bit of modern, like putting your own, putting your touch on it. But definitely, I think having respecting the sequence and the order of things is important. Um, I wouldn't change things out of an actual sequence, but I, I, I am, you know, curious and thoughtful about like how I can mix and match sequences that to me make sense and feel good in the body. Absolutely. Any other closing thoughts? Um, you know, to just to as we're talking about revolution and uh in this in this topic is revolution really just means to radically or fundamentally change something and so it begins really with how with our thought process it begins to what we expose ourselves to it begins with um educating ourselves so that we feel empowered so that we can you know um I always feel more empowered to talk about comedic yoga or to share something when I'm more informed. So doing the things and leaning into the things that make you feel empowered so that you can revolutionize things in your life uh, from a place of power, from a place of knowing and understanding and intention. Um, it doesn't have to be a radical beret with the AK-47 dressed in all black leather. Um, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to look like that. Revolution can literally start by... Um, you know, you choosing something different for yourself. Yes. One single thing, maybe just right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the just the starting place, finding where your starting place is and just taking that one step forward towards change mm -hmm. is all you need, you know? And then you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and it gets easier. You find your people on the path and then you're really trodden and it's getting into a flow and you're feeling good. And next thing you know, you look up and your world is completely different than it was. And so it all just begins with just that one step though. And so to find, to go with what, what, where your curiosity has peaked or follow your gut and your intuition about something, well, let me, maybe I should go check this out or I'm going to try to eat plant-based today. Like I'm going to find a recipe and, you know, one day at a time, one, yes. at a time, one thing at a time. Um, so I just want to leave everybody with that, that, that the revolution really starts with just the very first step. That's it. Oh my God. I always leave inspired and personally empowered. Thank you again for sharing this space with me um, and other people Absolutely. Um, having the platform that we can do this and really just being vulnerable to the questions and also being authentic in your answer. Someone mentioned earlier, um, being authentically you and being authentically black. And I think that's so important. And that's for anyone, whatever, however you identify, you, you have to find ways to be revolutionary in yourself because people, things, everything will try to sway you. Yeah. And I think that's where yoga, that unity and that balance really comes to remind yourself, like you kind of said with Afro yoga, like I'm here. <laughs> What's up? What's, What's up? Right. And that's how we have to show up every day mm -hmm. because it, the, the, the world will present so many different options. And if you're not clear and sound and um, purposeful 
on what you want to do for that day is it's easy to lose your time to yeah. lose your space to yeah. lose your place yes lose your sanity yeah yeah root you know being rooted being rooted in something being have finding your why and your reason um finding your people and taking it one step at a time so thank you jonica it's a beautiful conversation i too always leave feeling so inspired and we're looking Yay. forward to next week where we talk more about reclamation in the next episode so yeah. thank you everyone who came we love you we appreciate you sending you all the good vibes thank you all right y'all <laughs> take care bye